Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 34 of 2021, episode 34. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. It'll be a great help. So let's begin with the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so I just decided, um, for those of you who may not be Catholic, uh, who may not be familiar with the Catholic uh, service, I know we don't say the Gloria during the weekdays, but... You know, I mean, those who are Catholic, I, I think you can understand it's beautiful and I think it's worth saying. Um, you know, we'll do it during ordinary time. Now, the uh, Kyrie, um, I'm going to say it in both the, the Greek part as well as the uh, English for those who may not be familiar. Um, I just think it'll be, you know, helpful for those uh, part of the audience that doesn't understand or may not be familiar, so it would give them the idea of uh, what we're saying. And uh, maybe, who knows, it might be helpful. Those might be interested in looking into Catholicism a little bit more. I mean, despite despite the fact that we're going a different kind of crisis, but hey, God's grace uh, works even during times of crisis, right? So, you know, we have to be... Um, we have to work with the Holy Spirit and remember we are uh, witnessing to people. So, all right. So uh, we're going to read now. Um, we're in the third week of ordinary time. Uh, and this is Thursday of the third week of ordinary time. We have a, a, um, a uh, cycle that we go, we go through. So uh, we're going through the book of Hebrews. Now it's chapter 10. Uh, let me read the introduction here. It looks good. 
uh, is a lamp not to be placed on a lampstand? Asks Jesus. The unknown author of Hebrews echoes, We must consider how to rouse one another to love and good works. Encourage one another. How can I encourage someone today? Well, that's what we're doing through the informed Catholic. So, the scripture passage is the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. Let us hold unwaveringly to our confession that gives us hope and consider how to raise one another to love. Reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since through the blood of Jesus, we have confidence of entrance into the sanctuary by the new and living way he opened for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a sincere heart and in absolute trust with our hearts, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold unwaveringly to our confession that gives us hope for he who made the promise is trust, trustworthy. We must consider how to rouse one another by, to love and good works. We should not stay away from our assembly, as is the custom of some, but encourage one another. And this is all, all the more as you see the day, as you see the day drawing near. Let's read this one more time. Sorry about that. Okay. Since through the blood of Jesus, we have confidence of entrance into the sanctuary by the new and living way. He opened for us through the veil that is his flesh. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a sincere heart and in absolute trust with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold unwaveringly to our confession that gives us hope. For he who made the promise is trust trustworthy. We must consider how to rouse one another to love and good works. We should not stay away from our assembly as is the custom of some, but encourage one another. And this is all the more as you see the day drawing near. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, one more time. Since through the blood of Jesus we have confidence, we have, we have confidence of entrance into the sanctuary by the new and living way. He opened for us through the veil, through, through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest, over the house of God, let us approach with a sincere heart and in absolute trust with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold unwaveringly to our confession that gives us hope for he who made the promise is trustworthy. We must consider how to rouse one another to love and good works. We should not stay away from our assembly, as is the custom of some, but encourage one another. And this is all the more as you see the day 
drawing near. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. All right. So let's um, let's see what the Lord is saying to us here. Since through the blood of Jesus we have confidence of entrance into the sanctuary by the new and living way he opened for us through the veil that is his flesh. <clears throat> okay, let's stop right there. All right, so Jesus is the sanctuary. Jesus Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All those are blueprints of the temple. The way, the truth, and the life. The life is the holy of holies. And Jesus pretty much was saying that he is the temple. He is the temple. Remember what he said in John's gospel in the beginning when he entered Jerusalem and he cleared out the, um, the, the merchants destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it and they mocked him for it Jesus made it quite clear they, of course they thought he was talking about the actual physical temple but you know they didn't understand it they didn't understand you know, what he was saying because you know the Jewish people at this time you know they're much much of their history their identity their experience has all been like narrowed down to their nationality and everything their faith they don't separate their their ethnicity their race and their faith from from the nationality it's all one and the same for them and that's you know it's it's understandable because of what they went through it, it the, the the all the experience that they went through has shaped the way they think of themselves and how they see the world and how they see their faith. It's understandable. It happens, you know, in many cases it does. Um, but Jesus himself, but here the, the Hebrew, the, the writer of the Hebrews, he's, he's, he's obviously, I mean, the veil is Jesus's flesh. All right. The veil is Jesus's flesh. And remember what I said, he fulfills the, the, the requirements. Uh, prophet, king, prophet, uh, king, prophet, priest, all those offices, you know, are requirements that was needed for a Messiah, for the Messiah. Abraham received the blessing and the anointing from Melchizedek. The strange, mysterious priest who came out from Salem, which is Jerusalem, and he anointed and blessed Abraham. And remember, he offered the sacrifice of bread and wine on an altar. And he blessed and anointed Abraham, passed the high priestly blessing to him. This mysterious figure, which we talked about before, most likely was the Lord Jesus himself, the second person of the Trinity appearing in, in some, in a form and passed down this blessing to, to Abraham. Abraham carried this blessing, passed it down to his sons. Eventually it manifested itself into the high priestly office, which, um, 
Aaron, um, which Aaron would would occupy, and his sons, um, but also the the remember, um, Melchizedek was also king of Salem, king of peace, king of Jerusalem, and the kingly line was passed down. Eventually, it manifested itself through um, Saul, and then. Uh, uh, David, who was of the tribe of Judah, Saul was a Benjamin, but his line was short, cut short in his generation with uh, into his sons. They were both killed by the Philistines, and then it was passed, uh, then eventually it was David who would be king. And also the line of the priestly line, the this priestly line was was within the Jewish people as well as a kingly line. But eventually now, then it would pass down, and who would it show up in? It would show up, and also prophets. Remember, they had prophets, prophets from different tribes. So, um, prophet, priest, king. And David also had the priestly line in him because remember the Jews were blessed with that. But the main priestly line, of course, the high priestly line was in Aaron. Eventually, John the Baptist was the last of the priestly line. He was actually the last of it. And then Jesus had already the, the anointing of king. And he already was a, a designated as victim because John the Baptist declared him the Lamb of God. Eventually, the priestly line was also rightfully his as well. That is Jesus. So all prophet, king, priest, and victim. And all of it is manifested in what Jesus did on, you know, on the Day of Atonement, the day that he sacrificed himself. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the temple. His flesh is the veil. He is the, the, the sacrifice, the atonement. Animal sacrifices had to cease. The priestly office will be, will, will, doesn't have to, the actions of the priest doesn't have to be repeated because Jesus would fulfill it on the wood of the cross. Remember with, Dave, <clears throat> with Abraham, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. Isaac was 30 years old. Abraham was nearly past 100. Not, a, you know, the images of Isaac being a little boy, that's, that's a misinterpretation. I mean, anyone who's like in their 20s or 30s or even in their 50s to a man who's past 100 is a kid. To, you know, basically in the ancient world, that's how they look at it. But Isaac was carrying a lot of wood. It takes a lot for a grown man's body to be consumed by flames. And remember what he said to his father. Here's the wood. You have the fire, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And what did Abraham say? God himself will provide a lamb, my son. Well, that was a, a, a more, there was more to that meaning than, it, than, than we can say. It's the lamb of God will be God himself. And you're going to tell me that a man who's, in his prime, healthy, like late 20s, early 30s, couldn't take on a man that was 100? No. God manifested himself and revealed himself to Isaac at some point 
that Isaac had to perform this. So Isaac willingly took part, willingly surrendered himself as Jesus would surrender himself to the Father. <clears throat> you can't tell me, even a little kid, even a 15, 12-year-old kid can put up a good fight with a, with a, a, a man past 100. It's obvious. But this was a willingness, a willingness of the heart, an act of love that had to be done. An act of the will. Here am I, O oh Lord. You have prepared a body for me so that I may fulfill, I may, may, I may do your will. That's a psalm. We read that in a psalm. You, you know, sacrifice and burn offerings, you know, you, you, you did not want, you know, in the Hebrew, but you have given me an open ear to hear your word and to obey and to do your will. My, you know, I'm written in the scroll you know, in, 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 the, in the role of your scroll. In the Greek, you have prepared a body for me. So an open ear and a body to do to form God's will. This is what he wanted. And Jesus was the one to fulfill it. The veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Jesus is the ultimate high priest. Gone is the, the earthly priestly line of Aaron, replaced by the ultimate high priest, which is Jesus Christ himself. Let us approach with a sincere heart and an absolute trust with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. The sprinkling that used to be performed by the high priest on the people this is completely done through our baptism and through the actual sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then washed pure with water. Obviously, it's reference to the baptism and also um, uh, physical as well as spiritual. Let us also hold unwaveringly for our confession. What we believe, you know, they had a confession. Uh, most likely it was probably some form of the Apostles' Creed because we know that in Didache, the Apostles' Creed was something that they recited. I mean, it's it's wrong if you think the early Christians didn't go, didn't have rituals. <clears throat> they weren't Protestants, all right? They weren't Protestants. These are people who came out of Judaism and these are people who lived in a world where ritual was something that bound people together. Even Protestants have a form of ritual. I mean, come on. You can't tell me that Joe Olstein that wasn't a, a little creed. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I believe what it says I believe. You know, things like that. You know, that's that's a little creed. It's a, it's it's a it's a nice creed. I won't mock it. I you know, I admire Protestants in many ways because of their love for the Bible. Their love for the Word of God, the written Word of God, is beautiful. The way they encourage each other to memorize the Bible. Um, it's sad that a lot of Catholics, and I think this is this is this is because of um, the secular culture. I mean, as much as we have a a beautiful. Uh, apostolic faith with with much I think we Catholics have also have made a catastrophe of our faith 
I wish that dog would stop barking. <laughs> but unfortunately, this is what I got to deal with. But this, this is what we have to go through. Unfortunately, you know, we have to start evangelizing Catholics and we have to open. And many Protestants came into Catholicism like Scott Hahn and Dr. Taylor Marshall and, and many others. Um, and they've done a great good to try to encourage Catholics to read their Bible. And I think there has been uh, some fantastic improvement and that's that's something Catholics have to start. Um, you, your faith is not going to grow. You're not going to grow in love of prayer. You're not going to grow in faith. You're not going to have a positive effect on your family. All right, you're not going to see it right away. Everything takes time. But you have to grow in your faith. And the only way you can grow in your faith is start getting to know your faith. And how you get to know your faith, you start practicing your faith. Praying your rosary, reading your Bible, getting familiar with the scripture passages from Mass. Catechize yourself, meaning teach yourself all, all what, what the faith teaches. Um, read the writings of the church fathers. Make time, a little time. No one's telling you to become a theologian. But even us um, and simple everyday Catholic is better than some of the philosophers and theologians we have today in, in, in their universities who make a travesty of the faith by, by demolishing it. And the problem is, is that Catholics have to give time, give time to this. I mean, I live in Brooklyn, New York. I wish... I had more, I, I lived in a Catholic community. I have a fantastic, beautiful basilica right here. And unfortunately, you know, it's just go in, go to mass and walk out. There's nothing in the bulletin. I want to, I would love to make more contact with people, make more uh, friends with people. Uh, be able to develop a tighter Catholic community with people. We should, we should. We should even have a culture of faith. But we don't have that. I don't know why, but then, you know, that's, you know, I think it's, I think it's the culture. The culture, you know, doesn't permit it. The secular culture. And we, I love this part here. We must consider how to rouse one another to love and good works we should not we should not we should we should not stay away from our assembly as is the custom of some you see even back then they had some lukewarm people who skipped mass who skipped liturgy who skipped worship who skipped coming together for the assembly what they called the assembly that was the word they used for it, the assembly which is the mass as the custom of some, and it says, and it rouse, meaning encourage. I think I would have preferred the word encourage, encourage one another. Okay, so some things don't change, but that's, that's what it is. You know, and, and, and but encourage one another and all, and, and this is all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay. As is a custom, but encourage one another. Encourage one another to be holy. 
Encourage one another to be holy. Rouse, call each other, encourage one another, you know, stop by, pick someone up. So they make sure they go to mass, they go to, they go to, to, uh, to worship, they go to the liturgy, they go to, to receive the Eucharist, encourage one another. And I think the, 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 what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing more, um, a Catholic culture, more of a, of deeply rooted Christian culture, which is probably going to annoy the secularists because that's something that they wish. And then also we have like, I agree with Taylor, I agree with Michael Varis and I agree with Taylor Marshall. There are some, some people in the church that want to destroy it. You know, I mean, if you noticed how they're trying to make Joe Biden the model Catholic, You've been heard the words of Nancy Pelosi um, that Catholics who choose pro-life over, you know, over democracy are um, uh, um, grieve her, are, 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 a, are a grievous to her. You see how this is a woman who has five children and says that she's a, she's got she's was raised with love in her heart. And who who basically hijacks the faith, misinterprets it, misrepresents it. Has anybody paid attention to this woman? You see how they're trying to make you, you see how they're they're basically constantly misrepresenting it. And yet our bishops, you got Walton Gregory, who says he will not stop Joe Biden from receiving communion. He knows what the faith teaches. He just basically I don't think he believes in the real presence. You can't tell me that he, you know, that he doesn't know it. He does know it. Bishop Gomez, I mean, Michael Voris pointed out, he's the head of the uh, the USCCB. And Michael Voris pointed out, has the USCCB in all its years made one single attempt to raise money and to help the pro-life movement? Not once. Instead, they have raised money and have given money to bad uh, organizations, organizations that contradict the faith, LGBTQ, homosexuality, socialism, Marxism, democratic Marxism, um, you know, uh, basically um, stuff that goes against the Catholic faith. They have, they have aligned themselves literally against their own, they're a Trojan horse. They're a Trojan horse in Catholicism. That's basically what they are. And he's right. Everything Michael Voris has said is true through the years. Everything he said has been come down to the absolute truth. And yet, for some reason, Catholics are not paying attention because we... We, we, we've been blindsided with this whole seamless garment of you know, what they do. Well, it's not just abortion. It should be also uh, health care is, 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 is a human right. And, and that's something that should be you know, up there with abortion. No. All moral issues are not equal. Abortion is human sacrifice, is child sacrifice in our society.
Okay? That's what it is. You see how they, they basically, they're going to do that. Or say, oh, hunger, uh, poverty, joblessness, racism. They're all uh, also uh, life, life and death issues. No, no, they're not. They're not all the same. Hunger, uh, yeah, you should, you should basically, but guess what? We're not having people dying like third world countries. They're not dying like in Africa or some places. Okay? If a, you know, in, in every place there's a food pantry and there's ways to get food. You, you and I both know it. We're not having, you're not seeing it on the news Every single day, people are not starving to death. They're not seeing people taking away on body bags because of uh, of of uh, like like a famine. They're making it sound like a famine. There's no famine. All right, it's disgraceful. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be kids. But you and I both know it's not front page news. You don't see because or else you would see the evening news talking about it every single day. So you and I both know it's not happening. Okay? And healthcare, you can go, you and I both know that you can go to any emergency room and they won't turn you away. It'll be, it'll, 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 it'll be a tax hit on the taxpayer, but you and I both know it's not happening. They're, they're basically gaslighting you. All right. And they're doing it deliberately and they're doing it, hoping that you won't put up an argument. Our confession is being attacked. Our faith is constantly being attacked and we're being hijacked. Catholicism. It's funny. Um, Dinesh D'Souza uh, compares. Uh, he said that in um, in Saul Linsky book rules for radicals. Solinsky admires termites because they do an efficient job. All right, they do an efficient job, and that's what the Marxist movement is, is termites. Everything looks good in the surface, but you're not paying attention to the creaks and the cracks when you're walking around in your in 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 your in in the um the the building until it's too late and that's exactly what they've been doing to catholicism for the last century let's move on to um to the psalm all right psalm 24 the lord lord this is the people that longs to see your face Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. The Lord's are the earth, the Lord, the Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean, who does not desires not what is vain. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord, a reward from God his Savior. Such is the race that seeks for him, 
that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Okay, so, I mean, it may, it's quite clear, but this is the part I wanted to pay, uh, pay attention to here. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean, who desires not what is vain. Only Jesus Christ can fulfill this. Only Jesus Christ can fulfill who you know, can fulfill these tasks because only he is sinless. He should receive a blessing from the Lord, a reward from God his Savior. Such is the race that seeks for him, that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. He's not referring to Israel, but who seeks the God of Jacob is only because he has made a covenant with Jacob. But one who, because remember, look at the part here. Um, the Lord's are the earth and his fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he founded upon the sea and established upon the river. It's a very active morning. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord or who may stand? Who may stand in his holy place? He, he created the whole world. The first part, the, the, the first verse, he created the whole world. So he's not just designating, he's not designating Israel, but Israel is a representative. In many ways, Israel is the Christ for the world at the time. And the sins of mankind, though the rest of the mankind is living in sin and paganism, Israel, in a sense, is the Messiah for the world at the time. A temporarily sort of like a, uh, you know, sort of like a, a test run, like a, a, a preparation eventually for the Messiah who will be an individual man. But Israel is at the time that people that the, that would represent all the nations because you've got to think about it. They were a temporary nation representing the nations. Temporary. But eventually what happens is that they broke their covenant and they broke their covenant more than once, which wasn't good for the whole world because I'm going to say it, they screwed up. And then eventually, of course, and to the right time when there was a stable stabilization in the world, the Roman Empire was that stabilization. Uh, the inheritors of the Greek reasoning, they had a government, although... You know, it was a government that was uh, often erratic with mad emperors, you know, basically. But there was a certain stabilization. They had they had some form, imperfect, of checks and balances. They had a government structure system. They had an economy. Uh, Greek Greek was the language of trade and um, and philosophers. Uh, Latin was the was the language of the government of Rome, but. A perfect time for Christianity. And the Christian faith finally came. And that and the mountain of the Lord is the church. The mountain of the Lord is the incarnation. Christ would be the one who would represent all people. Individual. Because remember, a friend of mine said to me once. God actually became a person, a person.
person. He took on, you know, he, God was always a person, but he took on human person, a human nature where it became the incarnation made it intimate, made it, you know, you talk about, you know, how Protestants always say you have an intimate relationship with God because Christ is a person. He took on a name, he, he, uh, uh, a, a, a human, a human name and a human soul where God did not need a human soul, but you know, but it's still one person, but two natures. That's something I know Islam has a hard time with. Uh, much of the world today still has a lot of hard time with basically, but it's true. It's true. All right, let's, um, let's go on to the gospel. All right, let's begin. This, um, the Alleluia Antiphon is from Psalm 119, verse 105. Alleluia, Alleluia, a lamp to my feet is your word, a light to my path. Alleluia, Alleluia. A lamp to my feet is your word, a light to my path. Alleluia, Alleluia. A lamp to my feet is your word a light to my path. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 4, verse 21 to 25. A lamp is to be placed on a lampstand. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed and not to be placed on a lampstand. For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed? and not to be placed on a lampstand. For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Okay, so, okay, let's look over this here. Um, the Alleluia Antiphon is interesting. A lamp to my feet is your word, a light to my path. But notice the way it's worded. A lamp to my feet is your word. God's word is light. God's word is a lamp. It helped, it teaches us how to walk. 
Okay. I mean, it's interesting. Let's look at it this carefully. You ever notice like tough guys, bullies, like swindlers, womanizers, um, people who like, you know, people, their character. I mean, everybody has a, a walk. Some have clumsy walks. I have a clumsy walk. Uh, I, I know I've been told, uh, other people have a very, um, like, a you know, like a gangster style walk. There's, you know, you, you live in New York city or anywhere. You'll probably see them. There's a, a gangster style walk. They want to show people, you know, what they're like. They have a little bit of a skip to their walk. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, the walk says everything about a person, you know, you know, uh, you know, even the way the person dresses, but a lot of times, you know, you know, they, they want to show they're hostile. They want to show that they can, that they're, that they're not to be messed with people, you know, sometimes show off how they walk, you know, they, they express themselves. This is, this is who I am, you know? They, they, you know, they walk in a very, like a bully and people sometimes can read that as human nature. It's part of our instinct. Our instinct tells us to be careful with this person in, you know, it's, it's, it's part of that, but the moral, the gospel, the word of God is telling us morally walking, meaning how we, how we deal with people. You know, the, you know, walk the straight and narrow way is an, exp it, it, there's more to it. It's not literal walking. It can be, but meaning how you conduct yourself with, with people and why, why is that important? Because you are made in the image and likeness of God. And so is the other person made in the image and likeness of God. How you conduct yourself with people, how you treat a person, how you use a person, how you manipulate a person is, is a way of desecrating the image and likeness of God in another person. So this now, what, what the gospel is the actual word of God. God himself became a person incarnate has elevated the image back to the image of sacredness. So Jesus said is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed. In other words, is the word of God, which is a light to the path. Is it meant to be hidden, concealed from others? No. Is it to be placed under a bed? Is it meant to be actually hidden away and, uh, in a sense, like abuse, conceal it from people, not teach people the word of life, not teach, not teach a person how to live the word of life, how to, to live the gospel. No, this is a warning to our clergy. Okay. It's a warning. It's placed in a lampstand. It's placed to a, a spot, a, you know, in a lampstand where everybody can see. All right. Okay. Is, is, is it not to be placed on a lampstand? 
Okay? So, for there's nothing hidden except to be made visible. Our behavior, our thoughts, the way we think, the way we behave, the way we act, our, our, our hidden sins must be made visible. Nothing uh, nothing is there, uh, ex, ex, nothing. Okay, I'll read it carefully. For there's nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. That's that's interesting. Nothing is to be hid. You know, there's nothing that that is to be hidden, and nothing and all that is secret except to come to light. Nothing is secret except to come to light. So your and we've known this. We had scandals, sexual abuse scandals, financial scandals, and we know this about families now. We, we know this, the McCarrick scandals, all the abuses, they're going to be made into light. The gospel, the Holy Spirit is going to expose them. They can't fight the Holy Spirit. Even the Pope can't fight the Holy Spirit. Okay? Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. How many times we've heard Jesus say that? In the last one we read, when he talks about a parable, so noise outside someone working. I can't seem to get a break. <laughs> anyway. So he said that about the parable. Um, that, you know, they may hear but not hear. They may see but not hear. Or else they, be, they turn and, you know, be saved. Well, a lot of people, this is, again, continuation. Of what he said. There's some people that are hardened of heart. And because they're hardened of heart, they cannot see. And because they're hardened of heart, they will not hear. And so they will not turn to repentance. This can be just as true for a shepherd of the church, a priest, and theologians. They don't want to repent. They want the gospel to come down and they want the gospel to remove its divinity and be less divine and more human and more with faults and embrace their faults. In other words, accept them on their sinful terms and not they don't want to repent. Which is why Walton Gregory will not uh, withhold Holy Communion from Joe Biden. Most likely, he doesn't believe. If he allows someone like this who is going to continue child sacrifice, then what does it say about his belief of the Holy of, of Holy Communion? He he could he could dodge it by saying, "Well, that's his fault because he refuses to keep himself from Holy Communion." In other words, he wants Joe Biden to decide not to come to Holy Communion because he doesn't want to have the burden on, to make the burden himself. That's not, that's not it. What if you're going to, I mean, seriously, he probably thinks all I have to do is make a confession. Um, maybe I'll spend a couple of centuries in, in, in purgatory, but guess what? I'll make it to heaven anyway. No, no. You realize how many souls 
could convert? How many people could like say, wow, it has to be the one true church if a bishop is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to stop the President of the United States from receiving Holy Communion? You realize how many people could probably want to become Catholic if he did that? How many souls could be saved because of, because he chose to he chose to to stand up to the president of the United States? Instead, he just covets the position of being cardinal, and hopes that maybe this will get him one step closer to the to heaven. I'm up there with the princes of the church and the apostles. I'm a successor of the apostles, so guess what? All I gotta do is play it safe. No. His job is to go out there and block him from receiving Holy Communion because that is the most sacred thing in the world. And he's taking it and, and giving it to a sinful man, a man who not only supports child murder, but also married. Uh, he, he made a mock marriage with homosexuals. He chose not to. Take care. You know, he also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. So he's warning us, be careful of false teachers, listening to false teachers. Be careful of, 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 of their influence. Be careful of blasphemy. Be careful of heresy. Because, you know, there are a lot. Let's face it. You know, there are a lot. Even even what I'm telling you, you've got to be careful. Because I could get something wrong. And you should really, um, you know, measure everything out. You know, take what I'm saying and, and, and ask somebody. I mean... Is is he was is what he's saying true? You know, I should be. You know, you should be also put me to the test and find out if I'm telling you the truth. You know, and I I hope you do. Go out and ask somebody. Is is what he's saying the truth? I'm trying to be the best I can to be careful, but but i do uh, i am i'm i'm a lay person i'm not a priest but i'm basically learning from other people and i'm doing the best i can to explain it to people because i've always been frustrated with what's going on with the church what's going on around us i want i want to help <clears throat> i'm tired of sitting around and lamenting and complaining. And a friend of mine told me, then do something. And so a podcast is is one of the easiest way I think I can do it. By t hoping to reach people. And I'm telling you, you can go out and find out for yourself. I'm sure I'm, I'm talking to people who have been where I, where I am. Been frustrated with what's happening. I don't want people to leave the church. I don't want anybody to stop being Catholic. I want people to be Catholic. I want people, I don't want anybody to stop being a Christian. You know, I was listening the other day um, to a YouTube channel called Census Fideum. 
the sense of the faith. Uh, I believe that's what it says in Latin, but they were talking about our Protestants part of the mystical body of Christ. They are, they are, but at the same time, they have to uh, hopefully join full union. But let me tell you something, there's a lot of Protestants out there that are better than Catholics. And they should be Catholic. A lot of them, a lot of them know the faith and they know the history of the church, but they don't know Catholicism. But I trust me, there's a lot of them out there. They read their Bible. They know their faith. They know the church fathers and noise outside. A lot of them should be Catholic. I mean, St. Augustine said there are people outside the church that should be in the church. And there are people in the church that should be outside the church. So, you know, there you have it. And Jesus says it continues. The me um, Take care what you hear. The measure which you measure will be measured out to you. And still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will not be take will, will, will be taken away. Now, uh, someone might say you're you're casting a lot of judgment, let's say on on a um, cardinal soupage and and uh, cardinal world and cardinal Walton Gregory. No, they they are out in the open. They are out in the open. Okay, they're supposed to be shepherds of the church and they're out in the open. On their personal sins, I'm not I'm not judging them. But what's public, what's public as a Catholic, I can I can I I can I can point to. Okay. He chose not to stop. Joe Biden from receiving communion. Okay? He chose not to. Joe Biden's sins are public. His support for abortion and his support for, for sodomy is public. It's public out in the open. Okay? It's not a, a hidden sin. That's not my business. What he does behind closed doors in the privacy of his own home, away from public eyes, is not my business. But what he does publicly, publicly, the scandals that are public, oh, out in the open, is my business. Is because it affects the church and affects my fellow brothers and sisters because it influences people. So that's public. So I can say something. Okay. The fact is it's out in the open and that's, that's for us and for everyone to talk about. All right. When John the Baptist approached Herod Antipas because of his relationship with, with Herodias, who was his brother's wife, it was public. A hidden sin is something that, yeah, is none of my business. So what they're doing is affecting all of us. It's a scandal. It's scandalizing the faith and confusing. And there are some people that will get easily confused. Trust me, there's a lot of people that just don't have the capacity to, to or the time 
to shift through the, the, the through the problems. They don't have it. A lot of people, a lot of people either are lazy or a lot of people just won't do it. And or just don't are indifferent and they don't care. Simple as that. All right, so um you know, basically this is this is this is the faith. We have to what we you know, Christ is the lamp. He is the word of life. He's the light of the world. And so therefore how we walk and how we behave is important. It would affect our salvation. And this is, this is what's happening here. And these men, they want to occupy the position. They want the glory of the position, whatever it is, whatever, whatever ambition, spirit, spiritual ambition is in them. I don't know why, but this is what they want to do. You know, they, they, it's a strange thing. I don't know. It's a strange religious um, affinity or flirtation they have. It's a strange, strange behavior. Strange reason why? What did were they in love with the gospel in their youth? I don't know. Were they, um, were they flirting with religion? Because there's a lot of people who flirt, who play with religion, and it's has a perver uh, there's some perversion. They have. I don't know what it is. They don't want to make these hard choices. Uh, they don't want to. They, they they like the power. They like the position, but they don't want to make the choices. They don't want. They don't want to make the moral choices. Strange. All right. Let's end it here with an Our Father, and a Hail Mary, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, folks, uh, please remember to subscribe and share to the podcast. Um, you can also go to my Facebook page, The Informed Catholic. I really would appreciate it. Maybe you could uh, leave some requests. Um, tell me what you think. Join the group. I really would appreciate it because I would like to st start developing a community with people, talk about things. And uh, it'll be great. I think it'll be great. It'll be helpful. Um, and uh, if anybody has any questions, I could search them out. I could I could search out these questions and find out and to answer them for you. And we could uh, decide on maybe what we want to do on the podcast. What would you like me to do? Um, you know, what, what subject matter would you prefer? So go to the, go to the Informed Catholic on Facebook and... Um, you can join the group. All right. God bless and be well.